Hey, good people, how we doing? One of the biggest things of this platform, if not the biggest thing, is to be a house for stories, experiences, perspectives, opinions, etc., etc., etc. A lot of times here in America, we are, for lack of better words, American centric. And we forget that there are perspectives and ideas and things going on outside of the box of America. I think one of the best ways to cure ourselves of our American America centricity, if you will, is to not only travel, but to have conversation with people that come from places that we may have never even heard of or might not have been to yet. So today on this platform, I have the great pleasure of talking to my friend from overseas. I pray that you guys listen, hear, and uh, appreciate some perspectives from uh, some of our some of our friends over yonder. <laughs> Enjoy. I'll talk to y'all later. Peace. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so weird. I feel like I don't know. It's so weird. I think that people are like the the boldest selves, like people that they would never be in real life. They're just mm-hmm. like, I'll just try out this weird <laughs> weird kink I, on the internet. It's. I feel like people who are personalities in real life aren't necessarily the loudest people on Instagram because they have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes, like if you're using it as a business platform, it's a really good place. But if you're using it as a personal thing, I don't know. I don't like putting too much of my life out there, you know. And I would never yeah. message a stranger unless it was like on like a educational channel. Like, like I would feel comfortable messaging you about one of your posts or something like that but to message someone and be like hey like you want to do this or send like a weird picture or something (laughs) i have that kind of confidence (laughs) yeah no i can't i don't even send pictures to like girls i'm dating i'm like no like i definitely wouldn't it's so cringy (laughs) it's so weird i went on a dating app last year and Mm -hmm. actually he was american funny enough and after then i must admit i saw not speak to an american on a dating app Mm because he kept sending me selfies and i was like is this a a thing like is this what people do like i don't need to see you in your car and then he's like hey you send me a selfie and i'm like sorry no 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 no. we're gonna leave this here that's not gonna happen right now never i'm gonna be looking so boom and i'm not sending you a selfie that's just not my thing exactly and it's like what are you gonna do with the selfie like why why what's the what's the end game here (laughs) no freaky 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 exactly all right so let's start Good people, how we doing, how we doing? So uh, I want to introduce you to someone that I am getting acquainted with myself. Uh, this is Catherine. Hello. Out of London. And we're going to have a nice little conversation because uh, a lot of times we as Americans are so stuck in our Americanness and uh, we don't think about the outside world. So I wanted to have this conversation. Catherine, tell us a little bit about you. Tell, and why, when I say us, I literally mean us because I don't know much about you. Tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about yourself and uh, we'll go from there. Okay, so I'm Catherine, as you said. I'm 23, based in London. I had my son last year. So I've been a mum for a year now. Before that, I was working in a city job in South. Mm -hmm. I dropped out of college. So college is not your college. College is like the pre to university here three times. Mm -hmm. I think you could say that education was not my thing, but now I'm looking to go into psychology next year and I'm going to be starting a degree then. 
Yeah. So, so uh, you said you were in sales. What kind of sales? Recruitment. So I was literally nice. selling people into companies. That sounds so horrible when I say it like that, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we, well, okay. So let's start here, right? Like mm-hmm. I am not, I liked college and I guess you said our colleges are different. Um, but I liked the, the, the idea of learning and I'd still learn independently on YouTube and all that stuff, but I was so not a good student. Right. Mm. Um, what did, what was your student experience, especially in the UK, right? So I think education was never really for me. I was like, I was what the teacher would call a bright kid, but never listened, you know, like I got good grades. I could do what I wanted to do, but I'd also mess around in class. I think when it comes to college, I was distracted by money mm. and making money, but I was also distracted by socials. Like, let's go get high, let's go drink. Like, yeah. there was a shopping center right next to my college. Why would I go to lesson when I could exactly. go to the shop? That, that was kind of the mentality <laughs> I had. But yeah, now I think I've matured a little bit. Education obviously is a little bit important. I don't want to say it's the main thing because you can do other ways, but I feel like now is the time where I want to develop and kind of learn new things. I think that one of the best things that I've found um, is the power for us to learn via Instagram or um, YouTube or maybe sometimes Twitter, right? it's, It's harder to get it's harder to filter out like the, the proper information, right? Like there's a yeah. lot of bad information out there, but when you get to like the good stuff, you can learn a lot and you can share a lot of perspectives that you might not get in, in your you know, little circle or your bubble, even here in New York, right? People develop these circles and these bubbles of information, right? Talk a little bit mm-hmm. about, I think that's how we connected, right? Talk a little bit about yeah. how you use, uh, social media platforms to to seek information so i think my journey with looking at social media is something that wasn't just for looking at friends pictures started a couple of years ago i was dating someone and he followed this really cool account and i will shout out it's called shaka bars um and he's a guy i think he was yeah he was in the uk for a little while and he was in the army and now he like posts about kind of anti-racism pro-black history and he posts really cool stuff but stuff that would have been out of my bubble Mm -hmm. because when I grew up I grew up in a very predominantly white area my school was basically 90% white I would say Mm -hmm. so for me it wasn't something that I would even see on a regular basis to know that there was a difference does that make sense like I was so naive like I was so naive to everything and then I think when I went to college, it became really diverse. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. And I was learning loads of different things. But I still didn't quite appreciate the struggles of other people and the privilege of myself. So then when I looked into this specific account, at first I was like, wow, this guy really hates white people. And that's the way I saw it. Like, I was like, oh, God. And then, like, and it was so sad that I look at it like that now. But mm-hmm. that's just what an ignorant person would say, you know? And then now, like, two years, three years down the line, following him, following some other friends that he's got, I look at a lot of health stuff as well. But, mm-hmm. like, I feel like it's really important as well with COVID and stuff. I'll be honest, I'm not into, like, the vaccine stuff. I'm not into that at all. I'm into healthy eating, good lifestyle, mm-hmm. and just kind of trying to stay that way. Yeah. But, yeah, I think looking at those different pages, it showed me that history is not right, first of all. 
Mm. And let's look at history from a different perspective. Let's hear different voices. And let's see where we can go with that. And can we show other people? So then I started sharing it to the people that like follow me. And obviously you see my page. I don't have millions or hundreds of followers at all. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to know that I'm sharing it to people who would have been from my upbringing as well. Because it just extends it that little bit further. That makes so much sense. I feel like a lot of times um, the younger generation, you know, including us, uh, but more so the generation under us, right, mm-hmm. are redefining so much about the world around them. The internet has given them that platform to to do that. Um, yeah. And just like, in, like when I was coming up, right, um, American school and how we tackle information is just so monolithic and Eurocentric and uh, Eurocentric up to a point and then super, super detailed on American whiteness and Mm -hmm. the internet kind of opens it up, right? Like even, even just like the entertainment that we get, right? Yeah. Like the internet has kind of taken away the gatekeepers um, Mm. as- That's such a powerful sentence. Yeah, it's, I feel like we are our own kind of travel guides when it comes to information, you know? I agree. I As agree a, completely. I had a conversation with uh, my good friend um, the other day, and she's a mom. She is a mm. mom. Uh, three years Shout now. Shout out to the moms. Shout out to the moms. This is my, this is my third mom interview, so, Oy! you know, yeah, we're, we're, we're going, we're going. I love the moms. <laughs> Don't say that too loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that it's, it's so interesting, right, to have a young child in this environment, in this, in this it's world. It's crazy. Have, you know? Um, so speak crazy. a little bit about what, how it's been, not only dealing with COVID, but dealing with, you know, I mean, your son is obviously too young to be aware of what's going on uh-huh. so much. But uh, talk a little bit about how it is to be a parent during this time. Oh, I think that's a really interesting question. Um, So with me, myself, I've been a single parent basically from the start with this. Mm -hmm. So for me and him, we've had a really nice close relationship. We had some like quite extreme things for one at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we've had a lot of weird battles to go through. I (laughs) I feel like I'm the only person that will say this. I loved being on lockdown with him. Like there was obviously moments I was pulling out my hair, but I'm used to that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a big day-to-day difference for me. I think (sighs) it's hard again because my viewpoint on this is controversial to be honest like I'm not with the mask I'm not I'm just I I believe that it's obviously there's COVID out there right I completely agree with that but when you look at the facts and the death rates and stuff like that things just aren't adding up and there's like a lot of Mm. government control being taken over there's a lot of like talks of vaccines and things like this and I just to me as a parent it scares me because I don't want to lose control over what I have to do with my own body, but also to do with my sons. That's my biggest fear. Like, I don't want my sons to have the vaccine. What happens if they make it mandatory? That's not something that I want to buy into because yes. they haven't they haven't even done any checks. And a lot of the time with vaccines like this, I think I saw something again, which was on Shaka Bar's page. They're trying to do trials in Africa for a COVID-19 vaccine. And to me, that's just bizarre because why is it always there that they've got to go? Like, exactly. and also, yeah, and it's, it just seems like a money-making scheme again. I don't, I, I don't know if I'm going to sound too wild out here, but I just think it's like, it's like the flu, right? I'm sorry, but nature sometimes does survival of the fierce. 
Yeah. And yes, I don't, I don't want people to die. I think it's so sad. And I'm so sorry to the people that have lost people through this, that are losing people that have been through this. It's awful, but it is also something that happens. And I just feel like it's been hyped up to a point now where people have become conformist to something that they don't understand. And I don't want that to happen with my son at all. So he'll, he'll definitely be a loud person and hopefully the shepherd and not the sheep. Yeah, I agree so much. I, I, I don't even know what I would do. Like, I don't know what, I, what I'm going to do with myself when they start rolling out these vaccines. I don't even, I can't even imagine being responsible for another human life during that, right? Making those decisions, mm-hmm. especially for a human life that, like, can't really talk and express themselves yet, you know? It's, it's, it's crazy. It's a beacon it's, of strength. It really is. It really is. But I think... I feel like, yeah, hopefully they won't make it mandatory. I've looked into the law and over in the UK, they haven't done anything to pass it as like they can give it mandatory yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think if they do, that's just going to be a whole other discussion. But I think Britain as a whole, we're quite good for like standing up and saying no. When something mm-hmm. big's happened, I feel like British protests are always very loud. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. See, that's so... I think a lot of this conversation is going to be like kind of comparing uh, mm. our two spaces, right? Because America, you know, we, you know, <laughs> you know, we do protest really well, but yeah. we do, we, we protest and we get such, we reach such a fever pitch and then mm-hmm. we develop this amnesia, right? Because yeah. after everything happens and after all of the, the civil unrest and, you know, all of those things happen, then it's kind of like we go to sleep for 10 years and then we'll do all of the civil unrest and the fire mm-hmm. starting and all of that again, right? What, what, what about in London, right? Or, or UK, I guess, in general? I feel like the governments everywhere always kind of have the same story, that they give the public just enough to keep them quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the Black Lives Matter movement sparked obviously after George Floyd's death here as well there was lots of protests um yeah there's not as much violence out here instantly with the police and the people just because of guns so i want to make sure that i make this explicitly clear there is definitely still police brutality towards people who are black or people of color and it's awful like people in the uk have died at the hands of police and rest in peace to all of those but you guys have guns like you're basically having like a war on the streets to me it's unfathomable imagining having a police officer with a gun in my face like yeah it it just turns up the heat so much so I feel like here a protest is as peaceful as it can get like I feel like in the U.S. as well all protests have been planned to be peaceful um I feel like here we make the right amount of noise although I don't feel like in the U.K this time i'm not sure i like obviously i'm quite young for what's happened politically in the past mm-hmm. but like nothing they've checked so they one thing that they've done which stood out but wasn't even close enough for me was they took down a slave trader statue in yeah. a place called bristol so it's a small it's a small city or town sorry to the people from bristol um and they replaced it with a black lives matter leader and it was a female as well so it was really really nice actually mm-hmm. um but I just feel like that's kind of a more for show thing. It's not like a, yeah. like you change a statue, but what about the curriculum? What about everything else? So I feel like people here are still very angry. People here are still very hurt, but also people here are trying to be logical, I think, and suss how to get an appropriate change. But also again, there's so much focus on COVID-19. How do we 
how do you push to a government when the walls are almost sealed all the time? Exactly. And you know, a thing that you touched on is kind of the, the just for show thing, right? The, the performative yeah. aspect of what people do. And it kind of makes me think, right? So I know that the accounts that, that we have in common, like they're putting up some good info. They mm-hmm. are, are reaching people and they are um, using voices of the, the, for lack of a better word, oppressed community to, yeah. to, to mine that information, but also to, to use their, you know, to get that information genuinely, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I want to know what you think about, because some of it, a lot of it, a lot of people are just doing it as sh- for show, right? We see 100%. the pictures of like the people um, posing for, mm-hmm. you know, in front of protests and like not actually and engaging they get back in the in that Uber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So how much of that performative uh show are you seeing and how do you how do you discern right how do you tell what's real and what's not i think it's so hard to tell with so like it's so hard to tell with social media because social media is so fake as a whole right so obviously there's people that i follow that i know on a personal level and i know what they post is what they mean but also there's people that i follow on a personal level that i'm not friends with and they're posting stuff and I'm thinking, wow, like you were the one cracking racist jokes back when we was in school or so-and-so, do you know what I mean? So now I'm like, this is really hard to figure out. I follow, unfollowed a lot of people in the time because I just felt like, maybe it was in the heat of the moment, but I just felt like so many people just posting stuff and it was overwhelming for me. And I feel like that's such a privileged thing to say because I'm not living this day to day. And then to see like social media be taken over I think how you can tell if it's real or not is by someone's actions. Um, I think actions speak so much louder than words. Like it's crazy yeah. to see, but like it, you can get into a conversation with someone and I think you can tell pretty quickly if they've just reposted something or if they've actually then gone and done research. Like, what do you yeah. now know that's different? What do you now think that you're going to do? What have you done in the past that you can own up to now and say, Hey, like I messed up. I shouldn't have said that. Going forward, yeah. I'm going to make sure I do this, this, and this. So I think it's, it's all about actions. Exactly. And it's, it's really hard. Like, I never want to get to a place where um, I discount or discredit people's effort to change because I know it is super hard to change, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like, when the, the, the Me Too things were going on over here, I had to shift a lot of my thinking. I had to shift a lot of what I had been conditioned to believe, uh, yeah. what I was comfortable with accepting. I had to, to shut my mouth and listen to women mm-hmm. and listen to, to these stories and listen from the, the, the context of, I don't know everything and I, 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 I don't have all of the answers. And I think sometimes that's hard. Um, as a woman, I, want, I, I wonder, do you feel your voice being heard more in these times or is it still that kind of pushback? Oh, I'm laughing because I've had so many conversations about being a woman just this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, yeah, voices are heard a little more. I don't feel like they're respected as much still though. Like I, when I worked in the city at my previous company, it was completely male dominant. Um, all the management there were male. They were all nice guys, but 
I don't think any of them realized that they were sexist, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Men seem to get pay rises quicker. Men seem to get, like, um, moved up the ladder quicker. And there was a girl there who was amazing at her job, but inconsistently. And I feel like she's still in the same position that she was when another guy started, but somehow he's further ahead than her. So it's things like that which are interesting. I think... I think there's been a lot of stuff that I've seen on social media again about feminism, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like so many guys love to talk about it, but it's still just a joke to a lot of people. Yes. And that can be really frustrating because sometimes like you'll speak to like, I now, if, if a guy makes that joke, I now just kind of disconnect instantly. But sometimes you'll hear and like, oh, you're such a girl, man. Or you're such this. And it's just like, oh, you're one of them feminist girls. And it's kind of like, well, yeah, what did you expect me to be? Like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I know I don't think our voices are heard as much. Um, I still don't think there's equal rights. I really feel for black women as well because they've yeah. just got the worst of the worst. Um, like their pay is literally half of a white mouse. Wow. Like, and I feel like that speaks so much, right? The average pay is half. Like, so to look at that, it's really upsetting. Um, and I feel like it's something that needs matriarchy has thus far failed in my opinion globally so maybe we could give a matriarchy a try (laughs) (laughs) i feel like a lot of times what what happens is we get to a point in conversations where it it's kind of like um flat kind of like conversational gang banging i call it right Mm -hmm. where uh we get to a point where it's like we take teams and it's like, yeah. though we may not agree with what the person does or with the action, we don't want our quote unquote side to be talked about. I feel uh, a lot of conversations that I have with dudes and a lot of conversation men, right? A lot of conversation that I have uh, or, or that I observe, right? That I'm mm-hmm. a part of when like guys are talking about feminism and about things like that or even in conversations with women talking about feminism or uh equal rights it becomes this thing of not all men it becomes a a defensive thing it becomes a thing of like oh you're talking about me i'm I'm gonna defend this person because it could be me that you're talking about next right i feel like that leads to insecurity though doesn't it anyone that feels that they're being attacked in anything it's always because they're insecure about something they've done or they've said you're triggering something within them so i would always question that person and be like are you sure (laughs) like exactly and and it it, it totally is insecurity right because Mm -hmm. i always think to myself right i wouldn't defend a rapist like just like period like period Yeah, like, why, why do you feel the need, especially if you are against this action, why yeah. do you feel the need to do that, right? I, I, my eyebrow always goes up to a person who feels the need to defend mm-hmm. a rapist. Or, it's interesting you raised that point, and sorry to interject that, but... Yeah, yeah. Like, it's so crazy because I was talking about this again recently because as a female, like, I almost feel uncomfortable in the street at least one time a day. Like, and I walk with my son in a pram as well. So you've got very mind, I'm walking down the street and people will be howling or, like, honking, like, their bib on their car or whatever. And I feel like that's uncomfortable. But, like, it's crazy in a society, I think, globally we live in where when a female is raped, we go, well, what did she do? Yeah. And it's like, why are we saying, what did she do? What did yeah. that guy do? What did his parents do to him to make him do that? Why is, 
he's so messed up that he feels he can go and take someone's like it's like taking your, their soul you know imagine yes. how it feels being like after that happened to you imagine how you would feel you'd feel lost you'd feel empty and then someone to go it must be your fault and courts do that in different parts of the world they will fight against the female and i just think it's such a sad thing yeah sorry to go off on a bit of a tangent there but no no this, this is what crazy. we're here for and i and yeah. i definitely want to get deeper into into the feeling of it right because so many mm-hmm. times uh and i think that's what guys do a lot too right they we we think in terms of statistics and we think in terms of like uh this kind of it's kind of false logic but it, it you know this kind of logical type of thing where we explain away or try to explain away certain things that happen but we don't think about how it just as a human being how it feels yeah to walk yeah. down the street and not feel comfortable or as a human being and, and be in a business meeting and not feel like your voice is heard. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's a problem. It's a big problem. I was saying, so I can give you a real example on Monday. It was one of my first nights away from my son. I had a beautiful night. I spent, a, I do like a woman's group. It's like an empowering thing. I think that's really important for women to empower each other. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like sometimes like women, we're told to compete and be insecure about ourselves. So, hey, let's all empower each other. And it was beautiful. I had a lovely night. And then I got the tube. So the tube is the underground. Sorry, so it's the underground train system in London. I don't know if it's a different word for Americans. Mm-hmm. So and I got the, yeah, okay, interesting. So I got the, <laughs> the tube back home and I come out. So it was about 11, 12 at night. And when I was sitting on the tube, there was a guy and he made me feel so uncomfortable. I can't, I can't explain it, but every woman that listens to this will know exactly what I'm talking about the way he was looking and he was like raising his eyebrows at me and it was so suggestive and it just made me feel like an object instantly. And I then had to actually, because it made me feel so uncomfortable because he started to follow, I had to ask a couple if they would pretend that they knew me and to stand with me until he went. And I think, yeah. And I think it's crazy that in a world, someone can take that much power away from you with just one thing you know he like he made me feel like a very vulnerable child within a second and that was really sad and it just brought me back to earth with how how much easier it will be and how thankful I am that my son is a boy as well and that's not a nice thing I don't think I have to think I'm glad that you're a guy because you won't have to go through this that absolutely breaks my heart yeah well it's like you know sorry to cut you off go on yeah no no no. you carry on you carry on I it Full disclosure, right? Mm. Um, I've had to, in the past, uh, you know, couple of months, do a lot of self work, mm-hmm. and um, one of my biggest points of self work that I had to do is to shift how I view women. Yeah, right? because at one point, you know, especially when I was going out and for anyone who doesn't know the the full story, I say it too much at this point, but I was, you know, I was a rage monster, right? Like I was Mm -hmm. doing all the things. Right. Um, and you know, part of that is being inebriated and, and interacting in certain ways. Right. Yeah. So I look back and I, uh, I don't think I ever crossed the line, but again, I don't know because guy mind, we don't cross the line, but I, I had to yeah. engage with myself and say, how, how am I making women feel right with, with on, on the internet? Right. But also in real life, how am I look just, to, just when you said that 
I might not know, but all women know that look, yeah. that, that eyebrow raise, right? That pierced my, that like pierced my soul. Like I, I exhaled a little bit. It pierced my soul because I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I know that I've done it before. I know mm. guys that still do it, right? Now, I'm one of the people, and I, and again, I don't like to hoist myself up, right? Because I still have so much work. But yeah. I'm one of the people that have always hated catcalling, right? I, yeah, it's disgusting. It's so degrading. I think I, I came into it from a bad, and I'm talking too much. I want to get more of you. But I came yeah, into okay. it from a, from a bad place. Right. Like I, my whole thing was, and I'll tell a quick story. It's probably a bad story, but I'll tell it anyway. <laughs> uh, vulnerability moment. Um, so I hung out a lot in uh, this area of Manhattan, like lower Manhattan called Soho. Those of you who are here. Oh, there's a know, Soho in London. Yeah. I, I always get confused when people say Soho house in London. Yes. I'm like, oh, y'all trying to bite off of us. Y'all trying to take but, <laughs> But um, I, uh, in this particular area, there are a lot of, um, um, what's the, trans people. I don't know the correct term. Yeah, I, transgender. Transgender people. I think, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And um, uh, when I was younger, um, I had gotten, I had gotten catcalled by not the mm. transgender people, but the guards, I guess, the, the bodyguards that they have or the. I don't know if they're pimps or whatever, the, the, the dudes. Yeah. And they're like, you know, kind of scary, scary cats, right? Mm-hmm. And from that moment, right? And this is so stupid because you should just naturally know not to make anyone feel uncomfortable, but this is my introduction to it. I was like, I would never want to, I will never again want to make another woman feel as uncomfortable as that moment made me feel, right? Yeah. And, you know, that's not like a, that's not for kudos. It's not for anything. No, no, no. I hear it though. I hear it. It's because I I don't want to come off being literally homophobic. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that there is a right, like, I'm sure if a gentleman would. There's a right approach. Yeah. But gentleman came up to me and said, Hey Kyle, I like, you know, I like your style. You want to go out? I might, you know, turn him down, but I, I won't, you know, it's the difference between saying, Hey, you know. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think it's really important for, well, it's not important and I wish it doesn't happen to anyone, but if a male experiences it, like mm-hmm. you said, it now has deterred you from doing it to others. So maybe it was a good thing in a weird package, if that makes sense, because it's not pleasant. Like I feel like sometimes when people approach, it can be funny and I can have jokes with you and that's cool. But like, I actually saw something really interesting on Instagram the other day about women who have said, and I, it was in America because of like gone laws and things, but it was about women who have said no to giving guys their numbers and they've been shot or stabbed or killed wow. or beaten up for it. And it's like, wow, we really yeah. can't say no. So you need, like, it can be a day. Every female will know those things can turn out dangerous. If you're alone and it's at night and someone shouts at you, or even if it's like, hey, miss, you want to come home with me? It's like, why would you think that of me? Exactly. Like, why I think as well, another thing that I thought to myself recently, which is so sad, but I thought it, and I instantly kind of disregarded the thought, but I thought, wow, maybe I shouldn't wear this kind of dress anymore. Or maybe I shouldn't wear this if this is what it's going to cause. But then I thought, no, like, that's so crazy that I should be assessing what I'm wearing or what I'm doing or how I'm acting when someone is doing the wrong thing and I'm just being me. 
Exactly. Like I wasn't wearing like nipple tassels and a thong in the street, you know. <laughs> like yeah. I was wearing a nice dress. Like it was, it was a, it wasn't even a revealing dress. That's the issue. It was just something that made me feel good. And if so, like this is to all the guys in the world, if a girl looks good and she's dressed nice, it's not for you. It's for her. So just let yeah. her have her moment. You can appreciate, but you don't need to make her feel uncomfortable. A thousand percent. That's the biggest. I think that's the biggest hurdle that we got to get over as guys that we're not entitled to women's bodies, right? You don't get mm-hmm. to, and I, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Catherine, for a long time in my younger years, I was like, you know, I, I, I appreciate art. I go to museums <laughs> and I appreciate art. And I think that you, that women are art so I can yeah. look at it. And I'm now re- like just, and sometimes it's harder to get it from, for me, it's harder to get it because, you know, as I said, I'm not the best student. Um, I, it's harder to get it from, like, reading things. But stories yeah, for me are piercing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would yeah. wonder, I would wonder what you were taught. Because I, I want the guys listening to really get this right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how egregious this type of behavior is. I would wonder what you were taught and what you learned in terms of surviving certain certain advances. Oh, that's interesting. Um, always be polite, I think is the rule. I think when I was younger, something that sticks out to me now as an adult is I have an older brother who's amazing. Um, he's a really good guy. And yeah, I he's like three, four years older than me. So when I was going out, I, like three years later than him, so I would have been the same age he was. Why am I not allowed to stay out as late as Harry is? Or why can I not do this? It's, it's different for girls. And that was like, I feel like the first lesson of the female, why is it different for me? I feel like I was taught to not dress a certain way. Like even by other women, or oh, if you dress provocatively, like you're kind of asking for it. And there's certain types of guys on the street, you just, you just got to try and avoid, like, Mm-hmm. if someone looks like I don't know I don't know how to explain it if someone has an aggressive manner to them yeah. like keep it moving instantly like there's been people who have approached me and it's in such a sweet way and I, I like you can say no no thank you and sometimes that's moving. enough yeah but you I think the main rule is keep it moving eye contact no eye contact to someone you don't like <laughs> like if you don't wow. like someone like don't don't give the eye contact because I feel like so many guys see, oh, she looked at me. She smiled. Like, I'm a very smiley person. I will talk to anyone. Like, I'm one of them people. Like, I'm the mum that's in the food shop and I'll be standing there for an hour chatting to strangers. Mm-hmm. And it amazes me that guys think that's because I'm interested in them. And some, some of these guys can be 50 years old and I can see them as like a father figure or a cute uncle or something. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly they're like making a pass. And I'm like, whoa. When did That's this so go big. from a casual? Yeah, like when did this go from a casual interaction to you thinking that this is okay? I can give you some. Yeah. So, sorry, <laughs> keep that pin that example for five yeah, seconds. Yeah. Just like a public service announcement, guys. If she talks to you, and not just Catherine, but any woman, <laughs> if she talks to you, if she smiles at you, if she says you are whatever, if she compliments you, whatever, it does not mean that she wants to sleep with you. It does not mean that she wants. Can I get an amen? Like, and and I, I was gonna post this today, but you know I'm going through a little sensitive thing, which we'll talk about later. 
with, uh-huh. you know, uh, things. Keep that, keep the, what you were going to say, that example, by the way. But I, I was going to post that it's, there, there's a power in having female friends. There's a power in the friend zone, right? We mm-hmm. all, we always get this thing like, oh, you're, you're friend zone. Like it's a negative thing. But there's such a power to just having like friends that are girls or friends that are dudes that you're not, you know, knocking the yeah. boots with or whatever you want to call it, right? There's like a power to having people from like another perspective to give you, you know, to, to learn from. But please uh, continue with your example. I want to go back to what you just said after, but I, I'll go to the example real quick just because if we're here and you've asked, I live mm-hmm. in a flat by myself with my son. So already there's some kind of vulnerability there, right? So mm-hmm. something happened and my front door was kicked. So I needed to get the front door fixed. So my landlord invites a builder around. The builder comes in and he's fixing the door and I'm just chatting to him like a normal person. My son is in the bedroom sleeping. And then he's like, oh, can I get your number? And in my brain, this is how naive I am. And since then, I've never done this. I said, yeah, sure. Because I assumed it was about the, the building, right? He was telling me that it's down to my flat and it needs to be sorted. So I thought, oh, okay, cool. And this guy is like old and not someone that I would like see as a match for me at all. I don't know how to say that without sounding a little bit cocky, but you know, it was just not nice. And he goes, mm-hmm. okay, so I can call you anytime then. And the way my jaw dropped, I was like, what do you mean call me anytime? He was like, you know, call you anytime. And I was like, no, like that is not okay. So this yeah. is what I mean. You can't even be polite to a workman that comes into your house. You have to just be cold. And then yeah. guys will say girls are bitches. Why, <laughs> why do you think we are? It's crazy. So crazy. But that I think is, you're right. That's so crazy. I'm sorry. that, and, and when I say I'm sorry that that happened to you, I, I don't mean it as like a patronizing way. I, I mean it like I'm sorry that you can't. My friend Heather, who, uh, Heather, if you're listening, you still owe me an interview. Uh, <laughs> um, my friend Heather the other day put up a, uh, a story about um, Uber ratings. Mm. And women uh, statistically have lower Uber ratings. And the reason, her theory, the reason is, is because guys majority drive Uber and guys can, uh, when another male gets into an Uber, you don't really want, guys don't really want to talk to guys. But when a woman gets in, it's like, you know, they want to strike up conversation for probably ulterior motives. And then when the woman Mm. is not willing to talk, she's automatically a B word and, you know, a cold, unreceptive person, so lower Uber rating. And it's just little things like that that, like, my eyes pop open. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like Something on, you... Yeah. Mm. Like, on Something. every level. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what you mentioned when you said the intentions thing. See, when you... Inter- I have a question for you. When you interact for, with a female, mm-hmm. do you ever have to question her intentions? But if she's doing you a favor, do you wonder, oh, why is she doing this for me? Well, me, because I'm such an amazingly beautiful and sexy individual, I do question. <laughs> <Big> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I, I, I don't. I really, I, I question motives in terms of, let me just say this. I do take it person by person. Uh, yeah. And I do have people that have, horribly ulterior motives but never uh in a sexual way uh i haven't experienced that yet um and i and i i don't have that that burden that must be a burden to think that every 
guy oh that God. you talk to wants to well, it's not, it's not about every guy. But... Well, not every guy, but, you know, uh, just just it's having to, to measure that. Yeah, I feel like, especially now relating back to my son, like when I'm out in public, lots of guys, like they interact with my son. And sometimes I can't help thinking if I didn't look the way I looked or if I didn't act the way I acted, would you still be trying to interact? And yeah. it's crazy. But, yeah, I feel like the reason I asked you is because as women, we always have to watch him, like, what is this guy's intentions? Why is he being nice to me? Why is he asking if I'm okay? Like, yeah. why is, like, why does he want to come and help with this? It's like, and it's so hard nowadays, I think, to really be able to trust in someone because they just want to be a good person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. It's I so think hard. It's, it's mm. so hard. And, and that, thank you for sharing that because that is so big. Right. Like, and I, and I don't want to make it about me, but I, I want to make it more about people being attempting to be good in a world that is so bombarded with people that think that they don't, ha that they can't be good. Right. Or that they, they have to have yeah. ulterior motives. Right. Like it, it's like you said, wondering if this guy, right. Like, because I stay in people's DMS, right. I stay in uh, like, you know, hey, what's up? How you do? Like, if you need anything, let me know, right? Yeah. If I, and I put this up the other day about intentions. If I have an intention with you, right? If I think that you're, uh, have a certain level of beauty, or if I'm attracted to you, I say that pretty upfront, right? Mm. And, I, and, and I think the whole, a, a lot of the lion's share of Instagram attraction is kind of weird to me. Um, it's so weird, isn't it? It's, it's really weird, but you know, I'm not going to say that you can't, like I, I have had an uh, experience where I have grown really close to someone on Instagram, which is cool. That's cool. Um, That's cool. But, but it's always upfront, right? I'm not like, yeah. oh, hey, you want, like, let's talk about this thing. Like, let's talk about politics when I really want to get into your pants. Right. Yeah, that's such an important thing. I think laying intentions from the start would be a great, a great starting point for guys to do. And another thing that I want to talk, uh, touch on that you said, which is so heartbreaking as well, is mm -hmm. would that would we interact with people if they didn't look how they looked, mm. if they didn't, you know, present how they presented? I, I want to know more about because here, you know, especially in New York, right? Things are so materialistic and oh, so yeah. surface driven on the internet. Sometimes it could be so surface driven and so like shallow, right? How do you, how is it over there in London as another <laughs> city? I'm laughing because I feel like it's everywhere. Sorry, I interrupted the question. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, no, it is. It, no, it is. It is. It's everywhere. But I think some places i think it's it's conditioning right i think oh it so is we can get away from that right like but how, how but how do you deal with the the everyday surface thing i feel like i was such a shadow person myself and like i'm gonna say that with my chest like like i was like prior to my son i feel like he's been such a curve ball for me in life and learning and seeing things and always a blessing so i count that but like in college or before that, like if you wasn't good looking, if you didn't dress nice, like mm -hmm. that, that was a no go. Like, and I feel like, I feel like 
in London, and I grew up just outside of London as well in a place called Essex, and in England it's quite well known to be in like very glitz and glamour and like lit jobs and like boob jobs. And I want to say now that I feel like although like girls do your thing, like if you want to get lip jobs, you want to get boob jobs, do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to do that to have self-worth and be beautiful. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's such another thing that would be conditioned. But I feel like everywhere's materialistic, especially if it's European-centric. Um, I feel like that's actually quite a European thing to look at someone's worth through their face or what they wear. Yeah. And I find it crazy because you see lots of people, like, stunting. Like, they, they're wearing all these clothes, they're doing all these things. And I think it always... <laughs> It always begs the question to me, why? What where do you fill in? Why do you feel the need that you need to be in an outfit across however much to show people again on Instagram I think it's a big player for materialism and being shallow because yeah. you're posting on a life that you want people to see. But do you necessarily have that life? Yeah. Or is that just what you're front in for? Like because I, I could post pictures every day of me doing both bomb ass mum stuff like looking great wearing fly outfits and yeah like I can keep that up and going but it doesn't mean I don't have moments where I'm like oh my god I cannot do this so it doesn't mean I don't have moments where I'm sitting on my sofa looking grim spots all over my face eating loads of food like I think we're so caught up in the moment as a society as whole mm-hmm. in how we come across to other people instead of who we are to ourselves and I think that needs to shift we need to look at who am I like, what do I want? What do I enjoy? What makes me happy? And when you answer those questions, you no longer care about what other people think. Exactly. That's so important. And mm. I, I feel like a lot of times we go <clears throat> to the surface because it's the easiest way to connect, right? It's the easiest. It, it costs the least, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to invest in actually getting to know a person. Right. Yeah. Or we, we, we show the surface because it's the, the least vulnerable. Right. I don't I don't tell you what I'm going through, but I'll show you like all of the, the glitz and glamour of it. Right. A hundred percent. And it's so false. And, and it's it's dangerous. Like, again, people, you can do whatever you want with with whatever you have. Right. But I think it's a dangerous precedent to set if you are showing people your entire good and not showing the process right at yeah. least the process right not not to say that you have to you know show up and and not be it's it's good to have an outward outwardly positive manifestation of yourself mm-hmm. but you got to show the process you got to be honest yeah. right and i connect with you on thinking in that type of way too like i was i was bad but I, but I, i'll tell you this catherine right mm-hmm. i was conditioned I, and shout out to my friends listening that who, who know who they are. <laughs> I love y'all, but you know who you are. I was conditioned because whenever I would get with a girl that wasn't, um, I think this is a, 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 an English slang that wasn't fit, right? <laughs> whenever I would get with a girl that wasn't fit in high school or college, I would Wait. get clowned yeah. for, for like the whole year. It's sad like that, isn't it? It's so sad. Like, there's a lot of like fat shaming as well I've noticed with guys yeah. like yeah. if your friend has sex with a girl who's overweight I don't want to use the word fat because like your body is your body in it mm-hmm. um but like I like oh yeah he has sex with a fatty or something like that and it's like whoa you guys really like rip apart each other for things that are so like none of your business like he's having sex with whoever he wants to have sex with and she's beautiful obviously there's something 
that made you want to do it. And I feel like guys as well, and I'm sorry, so I'm picking on guys so much. Um, but no, we like deserve guys, to be picked on. Uh, I feel like everyone deserves to be picked on. Everyone needs <laughs> to grow. Um, but I feel like guys are so quick to like shame each other about things that aren't really important. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. you're very quick to be like, oh, but you like you went out with this girl and she's butters or what you're wearing, like that's ugly. And it's such like a toxic environment that guys are in all the time. It's always about one upping each other. Yeah. And it's just I feel like we all need to relax, do a bit of meditation, you know, bring ourselves back yeah. to where we need to be. I think it goes to like this Spartan-esque type of training where it's like survival of the fittest right it's it's almost like and a lot of guys that I talked to and my dad uh was was this way and not really my grandfather but he was kind of old so right when when I came along so he probably just aged out of this type of thinking yeah um no I'll, I'll correct that he had enlightened thinking but a lot of guys like you know my cousins or whoever have this way of just being pugnacious and fighting but it's not because I hate you. It's at its opposite. It's because I love you. And I know that the world is, I'd rather uh, toughen you up before the world kills you. Yeah. Right. And it, it's, it's toxic thinking because it puts, it, it puts the context that the world is going to kill you. Right. Yeah. It, 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 it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because mm-hmm. if everyone is trained to go to war, then we're going to go to war. I agree. I feel really sorry for you guys as well because guys are taught from the start to be a man, toughen up, don't cry and do this. And it's similar, like females have it in different ways, but like I feel like that's such a big part of the problem for me is that men are taught to not show emotions. They're taught to compete. They're taught to, you need to be masculine. You need to dominate your environment. You need to provide. You need to be the head of this. You need to be the head of that. And if if you teach a little boy that crying is not good, that is going to be a man who then can't control his emotions later on in life. And he's only going to teach the same traits on and on and on. And this is is how very bad cycles keep happening. And I feel like we're in a generation where maybe we can break that cycle. We've got enough education out there. We've got enough resources now. Let's do something. Let's look at ourselves. Let's look at our children or look at whoever is around us and go, hey, do you need to speak? Like, let's be better, but let's yeah. be better together. If I'm eating, you're eating too. Whether it be materialistic, whether it be like mentally, let's all just boost each other. I feel like, you know, I, I, and I don't want to take too much of your time, right? But this no. is such a great conversation so far. Um, I'm feeling that. I feel like um, we do have to grow, but mm-hmm. something can't, you know. Uh, a lot of things about how I think are still not shaking, right? So in my mind, no woman wants a guy that's going around crying all the time, right? In my mind, no woman wants a guy, and this is just my thought, right? No woman wants a guy that is not able to like stand up and take care of himself and take care of his family. No woman is going to want a guy that is going to not be a protector if she is in um a a a bad situation like if you were with a guy and some guy raised his eyebrows at you suggestively 
I don't, I, in my mind, I would be like, all right, I got to step in. Right. Um, and I realize a lot of this thing, some of this thinking, uh, is seen as toxic nowadays. Right. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you what, what about, like, do you think that's toxic and what would you shift it to? Right. I wanted to frame the question away from like, what are you, what are you looking for in a guy? I don't want to do that. I want to do more of an open question. Okay. So I think to answer your question, which you was saying, like I previously said, it's really hard to answer it without, I think, relating it to what I would want in a person. But I think as an overall, I think it's so important for men yeah like I don't like to answer like I don't think any of us would want a partner who cries loads you know like I I don't Mm -hmm. want to be with someone who's crying 24 7 you also don't want to be with someone who's crying 24 7 that means they've got stuff they need to do like sort out Mm -hmm. but I think nothing to me is more unattractive in a man than someone who's who's unable to effectively communicate their emotions yes and I think, like I said before, time back, men are taught to not cry and men are taught to not communicate, but that is so destructive because I want to be able to sit down with a guy and I want him to be able to tell me, like, I feel this way because, and I think this is what we need to do going forwards. I don't want to sit down with a guy who punches the wall or who goes out drinking with his friends or whatever it is. Like, it's so important to be able to communicate. And I also feel like I'm quite, I must admit, I'm quite old school and I think in whatever relationship style women do what you want to do like if you want to be the go-getter and that bread maker I respect that like go make your money and slush it out but I love the for myself of what I want to say in quotation the natural order with a household so like the mum raising child the dad being provider I'm quite happy with that like that's Mm -hmm. beautiful but I also want to know that there's a mutual respect there. You know, I think respect is the biggest thing. And for a male to respect whatever the woman wants to do and a woman to respect whatever the man wants to do, um, I think there's a lot of pressures in society for how people should be. And I think acceptance and effective communication is key, like absolute key to any success. I feel like a lot of times um, in in modern relationships, right, communication just goes out of the window because things are so accessible, right? Um, Mm -hmm. We can swipe away relationships. We can swipe away people. We can swipe away uh, ideas until we kind of tailor make who and what we want to be around, right? In in a kind of deleterious uh, manner because, again, like we talked about with social media, people aren't really showing that who they are they're showing who you who they think you want to see right yeah um how do you deal with that right in, in terms of and i want to get into this because you're a single parent right and mm-hmm. although now you have this new life to take oh. care of and <laughs> who we hear in the background now <laughs> Like that was good timing. Yeah, yeah. He, he's gonna join the interview because that, that you know, we have some good points, but he's gonna take it over because his perspective is what we really want to hear. Like, this is not anyone that counts, right? <laughs> but you know, being a single parent, right? Like, even though you have this new life to be responsible for, your life doesn't stop, 
Mm-hmm. So how do you navigate? And again, you talked about uh, people's intentions with, you know, you and, and dealing with yeah. you. How do you navigate uh, the world in terms of relationships and, and mm. with your son? Such a good question. Oh. I'm, I feel <laughs> like I'm still on the path to figuring that out. I think... Um, when he was first born, I just took a step back from everything. And I mean, absolutely everything, like even chatting to people or whatever. I was just so not interested in it because mm-hmm. I have this new focus where I needed, for me, I needed to establish myself as a mum. Like I needed a presence with my son where I knew that, yeah, I knew what I was doing and I knew that I could do it well. And I also feel like when you're a new mom, you're so vulnerable, right? If someone comes along and they're, especially as a single mom, if someone comes along and they're going to be that prince charming and fill the shoes, I feel like that's where a lot of women sometimes fall into traps and get into negative relationships again. And coming out of a negative relationship, it was so important for me to ensure that I didn't fall. So I think for myself, there's like certain rules that I would go for with mm-hmm. the person I need to know. I need to know not on like a day-to-day but like there's people now that I have like like an interest in you know like obviously attraction is there or whatever mm-hmm. but they need to respect my son's presence first of all if I'm talking to a guy and I say I have a son and he pretends he doesn't exist mm. no, like that's not acceptable I'm not going to introduce you to my son if I don't know you I'm not going to expect you to be coming into the house and having family dinners with me I'm not stupid but I'm also going to want you to say, oh, how is your son? You know what I mean? There's that. You have to have an understanding. Here's a piece of me. Um, I think <sighs> there's got to be a rule of like, I want to establish a relationship with that person. And how, how are they going to benefit my life? How are they going to take this on? Am I really what they're looking for? And are they really what I'm looking for? And I think you can learn that. You can really learn that. I feel like it was so important for me to figure out. (laughs) It was so important for me to figure out who I was. And now I feel like I haven't done that. I don't think you can ever figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. But now I'm on that path to find out who I am and find out what I want. I seem to now be attracting people who I wouldn't have previously or who had been in my life. And now I'm like, oh, the light shines differently on you now, if that makes sense, because yes. they've got the wrong intentions. And maybe I was in a bad place, and that's why I didn't notice them before, or vice versa. That but is so I, important. Yeah, I think... I don't want to say you attract what you give off, because sometimes you do and sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. But I think you have such a big sway on it, right? Exactly. If you're going out and you're going and doing craziness every night, you're going to attract someone who's doing that as well. Exactly. If you're sat at home and you're building yourself and you're building your life, you're going to find someone else who... Um, it it, it will come. And I'm like, like, yeah. It's almost like when you have a purpose, uh, you, you attract people with the similar intention or, or that, exactly. that align with that intention. And I think as well, like... <sighs> yeah, I just think... You get the energy that you give off, right? I'm very much about energy and vibe. And how does that make person make your soul feel? Like, how does, when you see them, do you feel like you're energized by them? Or do you feel drained? Or do you feel yeah. very nonchalant? And like, 
I want to see someone afterwards and be like, have a smile on my face and feel like, oh, I want to see them again. Exactly. Or when I see them to have that instant, you know, when you, you see that person you like and then you're just smiling. Exactly. It's like an instant warmth. That's, I think, what I'd be looking for to come back to the original question. But I think when dating with a child, Mm-hmm. It's so important to not get lost in your fairy tale and to remember that your home is already here. You already have a family, so stand by them first. I would rather be single for the next eight years. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited about that. He's like, yeah, mama, no. no. <laughs> hey, friends. <laughs> I would rather be single for the next eight years than invite someone into my home or even just into my life that isn't going to serve a right purpose for him and for me, period. Like, nothing else matters. Exactly. I love that. I think um, one more question, because I know you got to go. In raising your son, right, and we we know the world is changing in terms of um, race and culture and, you know, all of that. It's hard uh, because you grew up, you say you grew up in not the most diverse area, but, Mm -hmm. you know, without... Um, kind of like going out and, and making black friends just to make black, just to, you know, do that. How, how do you see yourself adding diversity to your son's life? Right. Ooh. Different cultures, different educational routes. I think instantly where I live in South London. So, so if there's anyone listening in London, I live in like South London, Tutin. So Tutin is known to be an extremely diverse place. Like I love it here. There's no room to dislike anyone because every single person is so different. First of all, so he's already going to be thrown into an environment where no one looks the same. Everyone is different and everyone's doing different things. I think one thing that I need to be aware of is always learning myself mm-hmm. and show him. When I don't understand stuff, ask them. To be polite to everyone is a good thing. I think resources as well. So the British curriculum it's so whitewashed it's absolutely like it's just a joke like everything is very much like and i really don't mean to laugh but that's gonna sound like all the time in now but it's very much just world war ii holocaust world war one world war ii holocaust mm. that's us like colonizing the whole world yeah. everything and everything and then we'll go straight back to yeah world war ii and it's like so what happened before everything and how did we get all this stuff so i think it's saying to him when he goes to school you're going to learn this, but what I want you to know is question everything, learn more, and to make sure that I'm teaching him things that he won't be taught in school. To make sure that if I, if I say something racist, because we're never going to be perfect, right? We're mm. always going to step up. To make sure I call myself out, because that's the worst thing, I think, is when you're around someone who says things and they never admit they're wrong. Yes, a yeah, like you need to admit, like you need to admit, and a child needs to see someone do that and take responsibility, and they'll grow up to be a better person. Yes, yes, I love that. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for being on this episode. It's it, you got to come back because th- there's so yeah. much more that we can talk about, and your perspective is is so has pierced me. I, I'm I'm just sitting here and thinking about how I have to do some more self-work, right? I think you all need to do self-work, though. So don't don't stress yourself. If you're not working on yourself, then you're not working. I love that. That's a word right there. (laughs) Y'all have have a a wonderful evening. Um, Thank you. uh, We'll we'll talk soon. Uh, Love you. Thank you for being here. 
Thank you so much for having us. And yeah, we'll definitely be back and have a lovely, I feel like it's day where you are. I'm really not sure. Yeah, it's it's still still some light outside. We still got some time there. Go on, enjoy that. Yeah. Enjoy that. We'll catch up soon. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Bye, guys. Stay doing you. See you later. Bye. That was fun, wasn't it? It's always fun and, and, and good to talk to real people, right? People that you just connect with, people that you just bond with. They don't have to be from where you are for there to be a connection. They don't have to grow up how you grew up, don't have to look how you look, don't have to sound how you sound, don't have to do what you do as long as there's a genuine desire to understand each other and a genuine desire to hear each other, a genuine desire to appreciate what each other has been through what each other has learned and you know listen man we 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 live in a world with seven something billion people right there's so many stories out there so many vibes out there so many spirits out there so many energies out there so many people that just think about the the amount of stories right the amount of things that we can learn the amount of experiences it just overwhelms me in the in the most beautiful way possible that we live in a world with so many stories i love people y'all i love people so much y'all right so and and i could go on and on about this and i won't (laughs) i'll just end by saying thank you to catherine for for stopping by um if y'all want to link with her or 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 reach out to her get through me and i'll and i'll uh link you guys up uh, all right. Well, let's say it. Think good. See good. Do good. But be good. Love y'all. Talk to y'all later. Peace. Good people, don't forget to follow Finding Good Times at Finding Good Times on all platforms, at Finding Good Times on all available platforms, and of course, FindingGoodTimes.com. Keep following, keep sharing, keep reposting, most importantly, keep being good. Love y'all.